0: podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. So we we started, it seems like it was yesterday, but it was this morning, wasn't it? Uh, We started this morning just looking at um, that we are a new creation. And so when we come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, um, we are a new creation. Paul says it this way. He says the old things have passed away and all things are new. Um, In Romans 12, he would say that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So there's a transformation. The word there in the Greek is the word that we get the English word metamorphosis. It's so what Paul is saying there in Romans 12 that we are transformed, we're a new creation. He says it's essentially like a caterpillar uh, becoming a butterfly. And, uh, and that's what God is doing. He is in the process of making us into butterflies. And so, has anyone ever been to a butterfly house? It's pretty great, isn't it? Be honest, even if you're older, it's pretty exciting when one lands on you, isn't it? You're like, ah, oh, you're all really excited. Has anybody ever been to a caterpillar house? No, it just doesn't have the same appeal, does it? Um, uh, and so God is taking us from caterpillars to butterflies. And so that was this morning. Uh, you are a new creation. And then we saw this afternoon that we're not yet perfect. The, the train station is not yet finished. And so um, that, that's, that's okay because God then can use um, uh, the realization of our brokenness to love him more. Uh, to love others more and to love ourselves in a healthy, biblical way. Um, and we have to depend on the spirit to do all those things. And so uh, I want us to finish up tonight uh, with what I would say is the best part. And we could, we could do a lot of these kind of who are we uh, project you. What does the Bible say? But I think uh, tonight would be my favorite and tonight <coughs> is the best. Uh, and that is who am I? I am in Christ. The Bible says that I am. I uh, am in Christ that, again, when we when we know Jesus and we've been born again, uh, we are in him. And so uh, we're going to we're going we're gonna to read a passage of scripture and then we're just going to we're going to just drop in in some different places. And we're just going to home in on those two words in Christ. And so I want to invite you to open your Bible to one Corinthians chapter 15. One Corinthians chapter 15, uh, beginning, uh, well, actually, begin in verse twenty one. Uh, One Corinthians fifteen, uh, beginning in verse twenty-one, and then uh, we're just going to kind of do an uh, just an overview of places in the New Testament where we find this phrase in Christ. And this this is who you are if you uh, if you have been born again, if you know and love Jesus. This this is about you, um, and and so that makes it uh, amazing. Um, and so, One Corinthians chapter fifteen, um, and we're going to begin. Uh, actually, in verse 21, just two <coughs> short verses. We'll pray and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll look at some things together. Uh, so the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, for since death came through a man, and he's referring to Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Let's pray together, and then we're just going to look at some scriptures uh, and see what it means to be in Christ. Lord Jesus, it has been a great day. Uh, we have been fed um, in our bellies, and we've been fed in our spirit uh, from your word, and we just thank you. Uh, we thank you that your word is life. We thank you for the meat and milk of your word, and it's just been good as your people just to be in the word today. And uh, to be with you and just to be with one another. And so we uh, just thank you for just a really good day, Lord. And uh, we now pray that once again, uh, that by your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would open our minds, give us understanding. We acknowledge we, we can't understand truth without you. We, we saw today in the Gospel of John that Holy Spirit, you reveal truth to us. And so we pray that you would do that. And then we want to again pray that you would soften our hearts Uh, We're not here just to learn, but we're here to be transformed. We're here to to leave Buxton more like Jesus. And so uh, would you mold us and shape us um, uh, that we would be obedient to your will and to your word? And so uh, would you speak to us now uh, through your Holy Spirit? We ask in Jesus name. Amen. We said uh, we said last night, ask the question. uh, as, as God is at work in you and through you this weekend, if there's that one thing that you say, man, I, I just really, I've, I've just, I have just want God to remove that from me. It could be a habit. It could be an attitude. It could be a pattern of thinking, whatever it might be. You just say, man, I just really need victory in that place. Um, and then secondly, we said, what is something that you would want God to add to you that uh, maybe you just find yourself missing? Maybe it's, it's joy or peace or um, a, a relationship that you, you desire to have mended. You say, I just would love God to do that work. And uh, this much I know, whatever God takes away and whatever he adds, it will be in Christ. It is in Christ that we are who we are. And so uh, let's spend just a few moments to see what it means to be in Christ. Number one, we see this, that in Christ Jesus, uh, I receive the unconditional love of God. In Christ Jesus, I receive the unconditional love of God. Uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this. Uh, Paul writes, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is, say it with me, in In Christ Christ, Jesus our Lord. Paul says there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ. And and the the list there is pretty much all inclusive. If it's dead, it can't separate me. If it's alive, it it can't separate me, including my own death. Uh, Angels, uh, demons, uh, present Uh, Past, future, powers, height, depth, nothing, he says, in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Uh, I was uh, sharing the gospel this summer with a gentleman uh, on the high street. One thing we do every summer, part of my role uh, is uh, we partner with churches in the states who send volunteer teams over during the summer and do Uh, different ministries and things and we had some uh we had some americans with us and we were on the uh if you do anybody know dudley does anybody know where dudley is? yeah come on big enough dudley i like that by the way if i could just pause for a minute these are fake gucci socks that i got on the dudley high street i just want to say they were four for a pound Gucci was spelled G-U-C-C-C-I. <laughs> so I'm just saying I know a guy in Dudley who can get you these socks if you're interested. <laughs> but I digress. Um, we're on the Dudley High Street. And uh, stop a guy and, and sharing the gospel with him. We're getting a really good conversation. And, and uh, he says, you know, how do I know God loves me? Like, how do I know that? Is, and, you know, how, how can I know for sure? I said, that is a great question. And I said, you know what? If you want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you, look no further than the cross. Look no further than the cross. Because the Bible says greater love has no man than he lays down his life for a friend. If you ever doubt God loves you, and I'll confess, sometimes when when life is hard and life is difficult and things are happening in our life that, that we didn't ask for, that we, we see no purpose in, uh, we might find ourselves saying, "God, God, where are you? Like, God, do you love us?" Uh, I've, I've got one sister. It's just the two of us, and uh, we're we're quite close. We're uh, five years apart, uh, but we have the same birthday. And uh, so she's older. Uh, I'm the best birthday present she ever got. And, uh, and, and so, um, so because she's older, she kind of did everything before us. And so she had children before Christy and I did. And, and uh, so Hannah is the oldest of, of all the kids. And, and when my sister was pregnant, she was pregnant with twins. And, uh, and one of the twins died. And so that twin's umbilical cord got wrapped around Hannah. And everywhere it got wrapped around Hannah, uh, Hannah quit growing. And so, Hannah was born with uh, no fingers on this hand, and on this hand, uh, just a thumb and two fingers, and then one of her legs is missing, um, but don't feel sorry, she's amazing, has too many boyfriends, all that stuff. <laughs> um, uh, but, but I can remember thinking, God, like, really? Like, God, I thought you loved our family, like, God, I, I thought you cared about us, like, God, where, where are you at in this? I'm just being real with you, yeah? Um, now, just remember, God just, through that whole process, whispering over and over again, keep your eyes on the cross. Keep your eyes on the cross. Keep your eyes on the cross. For greater love has no man, than he does that. In fact, John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world, he gave his son, he gave his son. And so uh, in Christ is where we experience the unconditional love of God. Uh, we were, Christy and I were married for 10 years um, before before we, we got pregnant with Kayla. When I say we, I mean Christy, but it sounds better to say we.
1: Um,
0: we got pregnant with, uh, with Kayla. And so we'd come to a place where we just thought, you know what, this may not be God's plan for us, and so we're happy to adopt or whatever. We're, we're pretty flexible. And got pregnant with Kayla, and um, I can remember, you know, as we all would when our children are born, and I can remember uh, being in the delivery room, and, uh, and, and Kayla is born, and I remember holding her there in the delivery room and just praying over her and just crying over her, and I remember that moment thinking, like if I had to give her over to be killed to save the world, Like, I think the world would have to go to hell. I I just remember thinking, like, I couldn't do that. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And so that's what your Heavenly Father did for you in giving Christ Jesus over. Mm -hmm. And so, in Christ, we experience the unconditional love of God. Don't miss this tonight. There's nothing you can do to ever make Jesus quit loving you. He'll never love you any less. But don't miss this. And he'll never love you anymore. His love is fixed on you. Do you get that? So when you mess up, he doesn't love you less. And when you go seven days in a row reading your Bible, he doesn't love you anymore. Yeah? His love is fixed upon you for all eternity. It is an unconditional, unwavering love that is not based on your performance but it's based on his goodness. It's based on his goodness. Now, I'm not saying go live like the devil, heaven forbid. But isn't it good to know that his love is fixed on us? If you ever wonder, God, where are you? Are you loving me? Look to the cross. In Christ, we experience the unconditional love of God. Uh, Secondly, we see this together, that in Christ Jesus, I receive the unconditional love of God, but also in Christ Jesus, I receive the forgiveness of God. In Christ Jesus, I receive the forgiveness of God. And we we mentioned this this morning, but it comes up over and over when we look at who we are because we are a people who have been forgiven. And so, Ephesians 1, uh, verses 7 and 8, uh, says this that in Him, and the Him there is Christ Jesus. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. What a great, great passage of scripture. In Christ Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. That is absolutely amazing. Just look at that for a moment. He says, in Christ, we have redemption. The word redemption there is the word that they would use in Greek to to describe the process of purchasing a slave. Purchasing a slave. Uh, We have been purchased, right, out of bondage, out of the bondage of, of slavery to sin, Paul would say. We've been purchased, and look what he says, purchased through his blood. Isn't that amazing? In fact, Peter would say, we have not been purchased with silver and gold, but something more precious. Peter says, the very blood of Jesus. The price he paid to buy you off the auction block of sin and shame was his very own blood. Uh, I I love all kinds of church music. Um, I I love praise and worship, but I also love the old hymns. And, uh, And I love that old hymn that says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flood, right? Um, that makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? Wow. Uh, he says, we have redemption through his blood, which gives us what? The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And I like this. Uh, that he lavished on us. It's not a word we use very often. It doesn't come up in Birmingham very much. Like, oh, I was at McDonald's, and they just lavished me with extra French fries. It was amazing. Or however else you might use that. I'm not I'm not sure, right? It's just not a word we use very often. But it's very descriptive, isn't it? Like, I don't know how I would define lavish, but I know what it means in my heart, right? Like, if someone lavishes Rice krispie treats upon you, you know, or whatever it might be. I'm not sure, but it's just it's just this beautiful generosity, yeah. And look what it says here: God lavishes His grace on us. Is that amazing? Like He just, again, He just delights in pouring His grace out upon us, and we are all so undeserving. Grace is when we do not uh, receive what we what we you know justly. Deserve would be mercy and grace is when we, we get what we don't deserve. It'd be heaven, in other words, right? Heaven. Um, we, we don't deserve it, uh, but we get it. He lavishes it upon us. Um, and that's uh, the forgiveness of God. Um, Benjamin Franklin, um, one of America's founding fathers, uh, once uh, said that he once went on a project to count how many days he could go without sin. Um, and, uh, and so he had set out this, this plan. He was going to write a book about it. And, uh, he never wrote the book because he never got past six hours and he realized that six hours was his holiness threshold. Um, and I would confess that for some days I would, I would love to get to six hours without sinning, right? Um, if I ever did, I would be prideful about it and it would ruin the whole thing. Um, uh, yeah, we just, we're, we're people who desperately need the forgiveness of God and he lavishes it upon us, but he does it in Christ, in Christ. Uh, Revelation says it this way, it says they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb, and the word of their testimony, the blood of the lamb. And so Jesus dies for you and I. Why? That we could experience unconditional love in Christ. But we experience forgiveness in Christ. I'm reading a book. Uh, right now, um, called the cross and the uh, the cross and the swastika. And uh, after World War II, uh, the Nuremberg trials, um, and the United States Army needed two men to serve as chaplains for all the Nazi um, men who were facing death. And so they needed a Roman Catholic and they needed a Protestant. And uh, but they decided they would take a volunteer, and no one volunteered. Uh, until finally they found a retired army chaplain who had retired to Ohio. And uh, he was in his 60s. He was a Lutheran and, uh, and he said he would do it. And this book is a book that he wrote after that experience about gospel conversations he had in Nuremberg with, uh, with these Nazi um, war criminals. Um, and I, I'll just be honest with you. When I first started reading it, my thought was, God, you, certainly you can't forgive them. Like, God, they're, they're Nazis. Like, they're the baddies. Like, how, how could you forgive them? How could you do that? And, and how could they experience grace the same way I have? Um, and in our humanness, that can be hard to get our head around, isn't it? And yet, God, the Bible says, whosoever will uh, call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God lavishes his grace on those who will receive it. And again, if we come back to this morning, um, actually, my heart is as dark and wicked as any Nazi there ever was. The Bible says if I've broken the law in one place, I've broken the whole law, right? But we tend to kind of grade our sins, don't we? Like, well, I just, I lied, but I lied on my taxes and they don't need my money anyway, so that's just a one point. <laughs> You bunch of sinners, <laughs> Right? No, no, no. If we've broken the law, we've broken the law. And so he, in Christ, makes his grace available to whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. In Christ, you are unconditionally loved. In Christ, you are forgiven. But thirdly, we see this. In Christ Jesus, I receive the peace of God. In Christ Jesus, I receive the peace of God. Uh, Look at Philippians 4, 6 and 7. And Paul writes this. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Say it with me in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do we have any worriers in the room? I have worry down to an art. In fact, I could out-worry anybody in this room. I'm just going to be honest. I'm quite proud of my worry skills. Um, They have been with me since I was a child. Um, I can remember being probably seven or eight years old and just having worry and anxiety, even at that age. Like we would go on a a trip as a family. And I can remember sitting in the back seat of the car and I would ask my parents, do we have enough petrol? What if we get a flat tire? What if we run out of petrol? I mean, just things that most seven year olds aren't asking. Um, And and I've carried that into my adult life and so I know that it's an area where God has to continually work in and through me and so uh, you know I I can remember when we were in America and I was a pastor uh, being part of a Baptist tradition very similar to maybe what you'd see with Billy Graham and so every Sunday we would offer a public invitation and so where people could walk down front. Uh, started with Charles Spurgeon here in England, uh, but, but offering where people could come down and respond to the gospel. And, and, uh, and usually we saw people doing that by God's grace. But, but if we had a Sunday and like I, you know, I preached and I gave an invitation, and no one comes down. And then Christy and I get home and I'm like, Christy, no, nobody came down. What do you, you think is going on? She's like, oh, God just didn't work anybody's heart. I'm like, no, it can't be that. Uh, Maybe my sermon wasn't that good. You know what, if my sermon wasn't that good, what if the deacons picked up on that? What if they think I'm kind of losing my skills? What if, you know what, what if they're already looking for my replacement? And can I tell you what, I could go from the Sunday sermon to our family living in a box in about five minutes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, I've just already, I'm like, you know, Christy, we'll shave your head, you can sell your hair. And then and she's, like, she's like, you ain't touching my hair. And I'm like, no, no, I'm telling you, this is horrible, it's horrible, it's horrible, right? It's horrible. Just like that. That's uh, 99% of the stuff I worry about has never happened and never will. Right? We're worrying about things that will never happen. Um, And and so, uh, uh, look what he says, in Christ Jesus, I receive the peace of God. So when he says, do not be anxious about anything, I'm like, Lord, how's that even possible? Like, you might as well just say, walk on your hands for the rest of your life. Like, how does that even happen? And then in every situation, be thankful, Lord, how... How do I do that when, when a child's born with one leg? Like, how, how do I thank you for that? And, and Lord, uh, how, how do I just then pray uh, all through the day? Lord, how do I do these things? And look what he says. He says, uh, you'll have this peace that transcends understanding. It'll guard your heart, but it only happens. How? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. And so I I did learn, um, it it took years, but by the time Chris and I got married, we've been married for 27. Yes, is it 27? For real. 27 glorious years. And so, um, is it really 27? Come on me. Um, and so, we, so we've been married, uh, 27 years. I, I think I have my worry under control. And this is what I've decided. Any problems I have in my life, unless it's because of my sinfulness, I'll own the sin. But if it's not a result of my sin, it's not my problem, it's his. Are you with me? And, and so any problem I have, unless it's a result of my sinfulness, it is not my problem, but his. And so I usually have to do it all throughout the day. I can't do it once in the morning, and once at night. That will not last me. But throughout the day, I have to say, oh, Jesus, you've got a problem. You're going to have to, if I well, I'm so glad I'm not you. You're going to have to short this out, <laughs> Yeah? And can he handle it? Of course he can. He's God. He made everything out of nothing. He can take care of a chubby American in Birmingham, England. It's just not that hard, right? And the peace of God, just which transcends understanding, fills my heart. He gets the weight and I get the peace. In fact, did he not say, Take upon me my yoke? Right? Did he, did he not invite us to do that? Right? And so in Christ, you are loved more than you will ever understand. In Christ, you are forgiven for all eternity. And in Christ, you have access to a peace that passes understanding. It's a peace that people tonight all over the world are looking for as, as we were talking. In bottles and in pills. And the only place you can find it is through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so in him, we have love. We have forgiveness. We have peace. Fourthly, uh, we see this church. That in Christ Jesus, all of my needs are provided for. In Christ Jesus, all of my needs are provided for. This is what Paul says in Philippians 4.19. And it was a a verse that I memorized quite early in my faith. Um, And my God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches. Say with me in Christ Jesus. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, our needs are provided for now. Um, he didn't say everything we want. Is there a difference between a want and a need? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I need uh, food. I want steak, right? Um, uh, he doesn't say we always get everything we want. Now, by his grace, we usually do. But he says, in Christ Jesus, God provides all of our needs. And it, it is an amazing thing how he does it. We, uh, um, it, I mean... And, I, and I'm sure tr- it's true for you as well, but well, I, Christy and I could write a book of amazing ways that God has provided uh, for us and for our family. And um, I had the realization this summer, we were at a missions conference, and someone said something, and I realized it applied to me. And that is, um, every, uh, every bite of food that my children have ever eaten, every piece of clothing they've ever worn, was purchased through the generosity of Christians around the world. As, as a pastor, people tithe, and that fed my family and clothed my children. As a missionary, people in America tithe, and it feeds my family. It puts petrol in the car we drive, and we, uh, we literally survive off the generosity of the body of Christ. God has used his people to provide for our family. in ways that has created a debt that I could never repay. Um, And God has this wonderful way of using the church and using his people to take care of one another. Um, I will say, I I, can genuinely say, I I really do love giving more than I do receiving. I'm not a very good receiver. Um, Like I have a hard time with the whole taking and saying thank you. It's just pride is all it is. But I love to give absolutely love it. And if you haven't tried it, there is something about helping provide the needs of other people that will give you a peace and a joy like nothing else in the world. I dare you to try it. Uh, We had, the church I pastored, had gentlemen in our church, uh, one of the wealthiest men in our whole city, uh, owned his own business, I mean, really proper like Rich. Um, And he drove, this was like in 2007, uh, he drove a 1980 Ford pickup truck and literally, the front bumper was held on with coat hangers. Like, that's, that's how bad it was. And I would be like, Alan, like, you could just go buy a truck and say, oh, why do I need a new truck? And all he would do is just give his money away. If he was here, he'd kill me for telling you But you'll, you won't meet to heaven. And then he can't kill you because it's heaven. So. Um, <laughs> uh, but just give it away. And so he would call me up. First time he ever did it, he called me up. And he said, hey, what are you doing at midnight tonight? And I went, sleeping. And uh, he said, I want you to wear all black and meet me at my house at midnight. And I'm like, and he was the chairman of the deacons. Because I'm a worrier, I'm like, yes, sir. And so, um, Christy's like, where are you going this midnight? I'm like, I don't know. Alan said, wear all black and meet him at his house at midnight. And I go to his house at midnight, and he's in all black. I'm like, what are we doing? And he's like, come with me. And in the back of his truck, was nothing but bags of groceries, bags of food. He said, come on. And we spent about three hours till about three in the morning, and he knew of families in our community uh, where uh, one of the local um, businesses, it was a mill, um, went out of business. And so a lot of families in our community lost their jobs. And we spent three hours as ninjas, and we would go, and we would sneak onto people's front porches, and we would leave bags of food. Unbelievable. I mean, you want to have fun, dress like a ninja, <laughs> leave food, leave food for me, people. Like, it's amazing. You and I have the privilege of doing that. God provides for us. Watch this. I believe so that we can in turn help provide for others. God, God gives to me, so then we can turn around and give to someone else. It's just this. I don't want to be the one that stops that flow. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be the one the Lord's like, yeah, he locked the whole thing up, you know? And so there's this beautiful thing about, like, giving away. And and it's something like the more we give away, the more God gives us to give away. And our needs are provided for and those around us are are, are provided for. We don't always get what we need, but we all, I mean, want, sorry. But we always get what we need, don't we? And oftentimes it's through the generosity of one another. It's, It's one of my favorite things about the local church. Um, is just to to give to one another. Um, So it happens a lot at our church at Oikos, and it's really funny the way we do it. And so uh, this happened to me the other Sunday. One person came to me and gave me an envelope and told me to give it to another person, but to tell that person that it came from Jesus. And so, um, which ultimately it did. And so it's just, so there's a lot of Sundays at our church You just see people passing envelopes around. It'd just be easier if we just had like a, crystal maze where it all just blew around. You just grab it, you know? I just love the idea of generosity. I, I want my children to grow up knowing what it means to be generous and to help others because we have a generous God, right? Uh, God has given his all for us and so we have the same opportunity. And so in Christ, uh, our needs are provided for, but I just want to say that's usually through one another. I haven't had the experience yet of, of money falling out of the sky. It's usually come from others around me, and so God wants to use you and I to help meet the needs of one another. He blesses us, so we can bless those around us. Yeah? Uh, Final thing tonight is this. In Christ Jesus, our needs are provided for we're loved, we're forgiven, we have peace, but finally, in Christ Jesus, I receive eternal life. In Christ Jesus, I receive eternal life. Uh, a familiar verse maybe to you, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Say it. In Christ Christ Jesus Jesus. our Lord. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. John 14. says he goes and prepares a place for us, right? He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, then I will come back and receive you myself. For in my Father's house are many rooms or mansions. A lot of translations say it differently. This much I know. We've got a home in glory land that what? That was so weak. <laughs> <laughs> right? Out shines the sun, amen? Banjo, yes? <laughs> Next time you invite me, I expect some banjos. <laughs> right? Yeah. In Christ Jesus, we have eternal life. In Christ Jesus, he has went to prepare a place for us. And he says he will receive us into himself. In Christ, heaven is our home. Uh, And that is amazing. I read a book once entitled The Eclipse of Heaven. And it talked about how easy it is to live our Christian life and give very little thought to the impact of heaven. But when we really begin to, to embrace this idea that heaven is real and that that's our home then it changes how I spend my money, right? I want to I lay up treasure in heaven, not on earth where people steal and the rust eats it and the moths eat it, right? So when I think of heaven, I spend my money differently. When I think of heaven, I spend my time differently. I don't, I don't want to waste my time. I, I have a limited resource of it and I want to use it for his glory. And so I think of heaven, I use my time differently. But when I think of heaven, I raise my kids differently. My kids hopefully have grown up realizing that uh, the most important thing in life is to love God and to love others. And rule number three around our house, anybody say it? It's never too cold for ice cream. That's rule number three in our house. Since they were little, rule number one, love God. Rule number two, love others. Rule number three, it's never too cold for ice cream, right? That, 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 listen, when we get a perspective of heaven, it changes how we view our life on earth, doesn't it? Actually, life on earth is just a preparation for our time and eternity. Um, the only reason any of us are here tonight is just because God's not finished with us yet, right? If not, you would just become a Christian and just get beamed up. But He didn't beam you up yet. Um, he still has us here for a purpose, for a reason. And that's always for His glory and for our good. And so in Christ Jesus, we have eternal life. It's not based on our righteousness, it's not based on our good works but it's based on grace through faith in him. And that is an amazing reality that you and I know. Um, there's a uh, there's a Hindu temple right by our house, and uh, we have a really good relationship with the temple there. And so uh, often in the past, when we've had American volunteer teams um, who come over, um, we'll take them to the Hindu temple. It's something that most Americans have never experienced. And so we'll go for one of the services and uh, so we take our shoes off and wash our hands. So all those things, and we go in, and just all along the wall are idols, all along the wall, and, and people come in, and they ring bells, and they leave gifts at all the, the idols, and um, in the back of the room, uh, there's this fountain, but out of the fountain instead of water, it's milk, and, um, and when you go, um, you'll see people come in, and they'll queue up with empty jugs, and, uh, and they'll fill the jugs up with this milk, and I remember the very first time we went, I asked, uh, I asked one of the priests, I said, Yeah, tell me tell me about the milk. And he said, Well, he said, we've we blessed the milk, and people come and get it, and when they take it home and drink it, it washes away their sins. Um, I remember being there the first time um, that, that he shared that with us. I remember uh, just having to walk away and just beginning to weep, um, and just standing in the back of the room and praying for people, and just thinking, God, thank you uh, that through Christ Jesus, it, it's not about bathing in a river, or drinking a special drink, or making sacrifices, but, but through Christ we have eternal life. I've got a friend who's a Muslim, Iftakar and uh, he would invite me to go with him to Friday prayers, and um, he bought me a head covering. It took him, he had to go to about four shops, he said, you Americans must have big heads, I can't find a head covering big enough, and so he bought me a head covering, and I can remember being in the Central Mosque in Birmingham, there are about 2,000 men. And I can remember standing at the back of the room and I would always tell car I'm happy to come to the mosque and pray, but I, you need to remember, I'm, I'm praying to Jesus. And, uh, and he would say that was okay. And, and I've stood there and wept as I saw 2,000 men vowing um, uh, to a God who doesn't exist. And being overwhelmed, not in a prideful sense, but in the most humble sense of all, of the privilege um, That by God's grace, we know the truth. Um, And that's not to in any way condemn anyone. Uh, These are people that I love, and they love me. Um, But the reality is, what we know is true, and the truth is, eternal life is in Christ. Now that should never make us puffed up, amen? amen? But that should humble us that we would serve our Muslim neighbors, and serve our Hindu co-workers in a way that exhibits the grace and love of Jesus. In Christ, uh, you are unconditionally loved. You are forgiven. You have access to peace in the midst of worry. In Christ, uh, we have an eternal home. Our needs are provided for, and ultimately, our greatest need is uh, to spend all eternity with him. And so, um, please, please don't be offended at this. Um... But when I come to speak to groups that I'm not familiar with, I never, ever want to assume that everyone here knows Jesus in that way. And so please don't be offended by that. But if if maybe you don't know Jesus in a very personal way, then I just want to encourage you before you leave, um, before you go back to your room tonight, certainly before you leave, speak to your pastor, speak to someone and just say, hey, I just want to make sure I know Jesus in that way. Um, uh, and, and they would love to share with you. Listen, there's nothing to be embarrassed about at all. Um, there, I know I've got loads of friends who were in churches for years before they came to that realization of knowing Jesus in a personal way. If, if you're good, then praise the Lord for that. Uh, but let me also say I am also know that as a Christian, it's easy to come to one of these things. And On the outside, we smile and we do really well. And people say, How are you? And we say, I'm fine. Um, at our church in America we used to call that the F word I'm fine uh, because most of the time we weren't um, but we just didn't want to be real maybe this weekend you need to not be fine maybe you just need a brother or sister you can confide in and say hey man I'm struggling and I need help I need someone to pray with and I just believe just the little I know you I think this is a safe place to do that and so if you need someone to love you to pray with you through that you make sure to speak with someone and uh, that leave Buxton a little bit more like Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. I hope I do. Um, if I can get down to M6 and still love Jesus, I'm usually. <laughs> so uh, let me pray for you, and um, we're going to be around for a bit. But thank you again for the tremendous privilege. Thank you, Pastor, for uh, for just letting us come and be a part of uh, of you guys. Uh, next time I'm in Gainesville, which will be the first time, um, I'll I'd love to come by and visit. All right, let me pray for you guys, and then we're going to sing. Thank you. But, uh, Lord Jesus, we love you. (coughs) Jesus, we thank you that we are a new creation. We thank you, Jesus, that we are not yet perfect. We thank you, Jesus, that in Christ, we have amazing, amazing transformation. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your peace. Thank you that you meet our needs. Thank you, Jesus, for our eternal home in heaven. And it's all because of who you are. And so we praise you and thank you. And again, Lord, I just pray that if there would be one here that's just not sure about knowing you in a personal way. I pray that this weekend they wouldn't leave before they spoke uh, to Matt or someone else about that. And, and Lord, I know as Christians, there are times we all go through seasons of, of struggle, uh, seasons of doubting your goodness and love for us. And maybe someone here struggling, just pray, Lord, that they would be open to you. Uh, that they would share that with someone. And Lord, I just, I thank you for Hope Church. I thank you that Hope Church is a lighthouse in the community of Gainsborough. I thank you that Hope Church is your church. I thank you, Jesus, that you own it, that you run it, that it is yours for your glory. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that the best days of Hope Church are the days yet to come. I pray for days of fruitfulness, I pray for days of growth, I pray for protection of how this church. I pray that you would continue to work in and through Hope Church for your glory and for the kingdom's sake. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk